Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Boom! And we are live. Uh, I am your host, Max Van Auken from Max Van Auken Podcast, the MVP, joined by, as always, the host of Combo's Court, Andrew Combo Salop. Um, we've been referred to as the Kobe Shack, the Penny Shack, but in general, all in all, there's nothing like Max and Combo. How are you? I love how you fixed that up and you made it all about Max and Combo. Not quite. We're getting there, though. You you added, you know, the other guys in there. Well, rest in peace, Kobe, for sure. All respect. All praise to the one Kobe Bryant. But, you know, this is the Max and Combo show, so we are here. We are here. And the first thing I always start off is, how are you doing? The show is on uh, clicking on all cylinders, Combo's court. The NBA is going bananas right now. So, Combo, how is your life currently in uh, your state and where you're in? I'm doing really well. You know, I've been working out a lot, you know, focused on the podcast, Raising baby combo as usual. So life is good. We have this magic podcast, which I've been having so much fun with, and I can't wait to continue with you, with you, Max Van Auken. Combo, come on, man. Don't bring tears to my eyes this early in the show. No, it's been, it's been so much fun. This is one of my favorite parts of the week is just recording a podcast with you and talking NBA and talking Orlando Magic basketball. I was talking to Dante Marcatelli the other day. I was like, man, we got to have this guy on the show. So, um, in due time, I think we got to add some guests, pick some brains. But in the meantime, combo. Well, one thing, I'm, I'm pretty sure the basketball world knows about our podcast, but does Dante know that we are doing a podcast together? You know, that's. got to get him on. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have probably informed him in that. I'm not going to lie. I was picking his brain on a couple things, and so I just wanted to throw one or two things at him. I didn't want to overwhelm him. So, next time, I'll, uh, I'll shoot him this information and. And see what he thinks. You know, I'm really great at reading people, and he's just one of those guys that you know is a great guy, right? When you yeah, meet him, he is. Even though I mean, I only met him virtually, but just a fantastic human being. You could tell right away. He he's sneaky tall combo. Meeting him in person, and I'm six two, about one ninety of just pure muscle and just grit. You know what I mean? Like I'm like a a mini Mike Tyson, and he 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 towered over me. He's a pretty tall guy. As Cole would say to him, facts, facts. Right, right. And I like that you didn't deny that I'm a mini Mike Tyson. I thought you were going to hate on that a little bit. I was just trying to see well, the temperature wanted, in the room. I just, wanted, I just wanted to bring that all together with that viral Dante Marcatelli moment. But, uh, okay. yeah, I'll let, I'll let you get away with that one. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, no, yeah, he's a great guy. I think he'd post me up. In his prime, he'd probably post me up. But Okay, okay. We have the Magic schedule. They just beat Portland. We'll get into Portland for sure. Um, they did lose to Boston. They lost to Memphis. They did beat Indiana. Lost to Chicago, but now coming up, they have the Jazz, they have the Suns, they have the Nuggets. Just, so just that right there is a tough couple of games combo. Um, in these re- in the recent stretch of games, we've already identified what their goal is this season, what things they should focus on, what things they need to pay attention to, um, finding that identity. 
um, developing that young culture, that young core, that nucleus, understanding what people are going to, what roles they're going to walk into. Um, has anything stuck out to you these last stretch of games? Um, like I said, playing the Portlands and the Bostons and the Memphises. Yeah, I'm seeing some good ball movement um, on offense from Orlando. I think they did really good yesterday. Cole stepped up, had a nice little game. Almost triple-double-like performance. I think he was missing maybe a few assists or a few rebounds. Uh, he played really well. I'm continued to be impressed by Franz Wagner's layup package. It's crazy. He has all these finishes in the lane, and Lopez has one finish in the lane, but they both make it happen. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so no, I, I, I like what they. I like, there's always a couple ways to do things, right? You could have one go-to, or you could have a bunch of options, and right. they could both work for different people. But no, I, I like what I'm seeing. I mean, they're getting. Uh, contributions from Chuma Akiki, Chuma Akiki, sorry for that. And, you know, Wendell Carter is a probably a guy that could help some teams in this trade deadline, but I hope they keep him. You know, I was talking about, you know, Toronto needs a center. I think Wendell Carter could help them, but I don't want to see the magic uh, let go of him. I think he's a piece that they should move forward with. Bamba showed some flashes again last night, and it was a good win. I know Portland's in flux, but we'll take a win when we can. Right, you know? right, and I love watching Wendell Carter play, so I really hope we keep him selfishly, to your point. A lot of teams could use him, though. Uh, I have a weird question for you, Combo. Now, a lot of people that are going to listen to this question may think it's foolishness. Other people may actually find value in this question. So I don't know if you play 2K. I play 2K. Now, I'm not a big gamer. I'm very busy, so when I can, I will play 2K. That's my go-to. You got that. You got Warzone. So anyway, have you have you seen in the past – Players really do care about their ratings in 2K. And I would like to say it is actually fairly accurate, their ratings. Like I really agree with the ratings and the ranking of players. Um, Cole Anthony and the Orlando Magic, uh, let's just obviously focus on the Magic. They have a couple players in the 80s, um, which means, okay, yeah, they have a young nucleus, a young core. Um, very, like I said, the fact that they're in their 80s shows a lot of promise. But Cole Anthony is an 83, the number one guy on the team, overall 83. What does that tell you? Do you agree with that rating? Because like I said, I feel strongly in saying this, a lot of their ratings truly do reflect them. Like I would agree with it. Like Jokic being a 97 or LeBron being a 97, a 98. Um, A Giannis is like a 97. There's no 99 right now. Uh, But 83 kind of surprised me a little bit. I I thought he was going to be maybe the 80, 79 range. The fact that 2K sees him at an 83 kind of validates what we see in him. The fact that he can be that guy for Orlando. It's just developing that consistency. So you're saying like 2K is kind of like Vegas when it comes to odds? In a weird way. Yeah, in a weird way. Their ratings are pretty spot on. Now, every once in a while... Um, I may look at a rating like, ah, I really didn't see that one. But for the most part, they're pretty spot on. Yeah, no, I, Cole Anthony is definitely above average for a guard in terms of talent. He just has to pull it together in terms of, you know, setting up teammates, being more consistent, some of the intangibles. But talent-wise, I mean, he's a really good athlete. He could create a shot when he wants. And he just has that kind of electricity that you like to see Ooh. in young players. But there are some intangibles – and there are some decision-making factors that could make them maybe get into that upper 80s, early 90s range. So talent-wise, I think it's right. I just think impact-wise and consistency-wise, he could still get a little bit better. 100% agree. Now, let me ask you this. There's a lot of players who are streaky in their careers, right? Um, just uh, They'll have stretchy games where they can't miss. Then they get a little bit of a funk. Now, that's pretty much everybody, but some players in particular will get extra hot 
but then get extra cold. Now, he has shown flashes of inconsistency where he's, wow, that's Cole Anthony. He That's the guy that we want. And then there's other times where it's like, he can't hit a shot. Now, do you credit that to just being young and learning the NBA game? Or do you think that's his playing style going forward? We'll see more of that. Well, he's talented enough to get a whole bunch of minutes and be featured on an NBA basketball team. And I think just that experience will lead him become a smarter player, a veteran in the future. I mean, he grew up with a dad that was in the NBA. He understands the NBA locker room, and he's getting a bunch of reps right now. So I think all that combined will lead him to better decision-making in the future and better intangibles. So the talent is there. He's getting the reps in. He's a smart guy in general. So, yeah, I think it'll all come together, and he will become more consistent and find a way to get it done and be one of the guys that lead this franchise forward. I like that answer combo, and we are in agreement there. They have going forward, like I said, they're playing Utah um, with Donovan Mitchell back, the Phoenix Suns, who are just absolutely ridiculous. I saw the stat today, like 22-3 and three in the clutch, like just absurd whenever there's like a game decided by a certain amount of points. Just shows you their execution and how smart they are. Um, then they play Denver, who Jokic should be in the MVP conversation. I know we're all kind of going crazy for Embiid right now, but I know you've been on the Jokic uh, bandwagon for a minute before everybody. Um, and then we have the Atlanta Hawks. So in this stretch of games, is there a certain tool, is there a certain trait that you're looking to see from uh, Magic Basketball? No, I kind of feel bad for the Magic. Uh, you feel bad? Jokic. Yeah, because Jokic is just going to do whatever he wants because – the Magic defense isn't great right now, even though it's been a point of emphasis for Coach Mosley. And I could just see Jokic picking them apart. I mean, what are they going to do? Double him. He's going to find the open man. He's going to find cutters. They single coverage him. He's just going to cook, man. So that's going to be a really tough matchup for him. Right. And Jokic just plays against the game of basketball more than his opponents. That's going to be really tough. But, yeah, man, this is a tough stretch of games. I think the Magic, as I always said, just need to focus on – development, getting these young players reps and seeing who they're going to move forward with. Maybe they could play even looser after this trade deadline because they could see who they're going with for the rest of the season. So that should be interesting. We'll see who maybe some of these guys will pick it up after the trade deadline when they're not wondering where they're going to be, where they're going to have to move to. Because you know when NBA players trade teams, they also trade locations, and that's something that could be on their mind before this trade deadline. So I think maybe uh, we could see some improved improvements performances after this deadline when people are a little bit looser and not worried where they're going to be right 100 percent agree combo before we get into the rest of the league there's been a lot of trades going down um, a lot of different takes and perspectives any last words for orlando magic basketball well let's build upon what we did this past game great ball movement great win we don't care who we're playing against a win is a win great win last night kudos to orlando magic kudos to coach mosley Kudos to who we talked about already. And Franz Wagner, keep doing your thing. Lopez, keep hitting him with the hook shot. We're out here, man. There you go. You heard it from Combo himself. Now, Combo, let's transition to the trade that has everyone talking about. There's two big ones at the moment. Um, Sacramento, Indiana. I guess I'll give my quick take on this. So I've been really high on Tyrese Halliburton. I know you have as well. I said the Bluetooth DNA where they could connect to any device, any player, and elevate everybody. I said LaMelo Ball had this coming out of the draft. Tyrese Halliburton had this coming out of the draft. And he had such a great rookie year. I believe he's a star in this league and will be an even bigger star in this league. I'm extremely high on him. So I felt 
This was a landslide of a trade, and Indiana won this, also getting Buddy Hilled, and then Sabonis goes to Sacramento. I don't know what Sacramento is thinking. I think this was a heist, and I think Indiana just got away with one of the biggest um, robberies in a sense and with a trade. Now, of course, these aren't the, the super max superstar players, so certain people may say, well, that's more of a heist than other teams or other trades in history. But to me, this was a landslide of a trade, um, and Indiana just got a gem. I would 100% agree with you, Max. Let's go to Combo's Court Twitter from 19 hours ago. <laughs> and I'll read it off to you. It makes more sense to build with players like Therese Halliburton than around players like Sabonis. And it's basically saying what you're saying, you know, with your Wi-Fi analogy. I mean, it's just easier to build a franchise with players like Tyrese Halliburton because he could fit with other stars, and there's a good chance he's going to become a star himself. Sabonis, you have to build around, and this team is not built around. This team doesn't have the pieces to build around a Sabonis that you want to move forward with. Like, Rashawn Holmes might be there for a bit. It looks like they're moving forward with De'Aaron Fox. These guys aren't spacers. You need space around players like Sabonis. And it's just more difficult to build around the Sabonis type big. I know there's Jokic's. I know there's Embiid's. I know there's Giannis's. But that's a different level of player. And they and most of those guys could stretch it. So outside of Giannis. But you see what I'm saying here? The Fox and Sabonis duo that you want to build around doesn't really make sense. I would never give up on a player like Tyrese Halliburton who's on a rookie contract. It doesn't make any sense to me. That would be my one untouchable player. And on top of that, you get rid of Buddy Heald. Trying to provide shooting for you, which you need with Sabonis. So none of this makes sense to me. I don't know what the Kings are doing. I have to look even more into it to see if there's anyone out there who actually thinks this is a good trade for the Kings. I've heard a couple of takes where they say it is, but I got to look more into it. I totally don't understand that, and I think it's a horrible trade for the Kings, and I would say a good move for the Pacers. Right. Now, that's what I was gonna, that was my next question for you is because I knew we saw eye-to-eye on this, but just playing devil's advocate, so if there's someone listening who's like, well, I think it's a good trade, what is the rebuttal to that? Like, what's the rhyme or reason that Sacramento would make this trade, trade one of your best, your best young player, like you said, on a rookie contract who's just showing tons of growth every single game, what is the rhyme or reason? What thought process could someone have to possibly think this was a good move? What is their motive? I just don't understand it. I guess bringing, using young pieces. I mean, I totally don't agree with this at all. Just using young pieces to bring in an all-star level player, you know. But it, it, it still doesn't make any sense. It I doesn't. Mean, to me, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And that's why I said this was just such a heist, in my opinion, for Indiana. And I thought they just really hit the nail on the head and they really stole one of the best young players. And to, like you said, on a rookie contract, I just I thought Indiana really won this in a landslide. And then I, we, I was I was shocked that this happened, Max. And then I saw I was. Woj, um, after I was shocked, I saw Woj saying that. There was NBA teams that were shocked. They didn't even think Tyrese Halliburton was available. Right. They would have been knocking on the Kings' door if they knew he was available. And he, they probably could have got more for Tyrese, you know? Yeah, that uh, that's a great point. If teams knew that he was available, do you know how many teams would offer a better package um, for him? That's such a good point. Uh, yeah, I just – I don't – it was literally – it was a head-scratcher. I saw the notification. I was like, there's just no way Sacramento – like, there's got to be a catch somewhere. Sacramento wouldn't just trade that. Uh, yeah, it, it's mind-blowing. And then the other trade that we have, um, C.J. McCollum going to 
uh, New Orleans to play with the Pelicans. It's a complete rebuild um, combo for Portland. I know they said they're trying to get Jeremy Grant, but either way, I think Dame is out of there. I think Portland's rebuilding. I know there's a famous video um, that's going viral. Damian Lillard went live before this happened and basically saw that LeBron joined his live. And he said, LeBron, make that call. Make that call. Now, of course, people can interpret it whichever way you want. He understands what he's doing. He understands what people are going to, how they're going to interpret it. My initial reaction combo is he had every chance to leave Portland. So initially, I'm like, okay, fool me once. I'm not going to get fooled for it twice because you had every chance to leave and you didn't. And I respect that. I'm never going to tell someone what they should do. Um, but now I just don't see Dame possibly wanting to go through another rebuild because I did a whole podcast on this combo. And I was like, history's not going to remember Dame uh, kindly. And we have to value him in real time because he doesn't have the MVPs. He doesn't have the, uh, the individual accolades. So you're like, okay, well, how about the team success? He doesn't have that either. But if you watch him play, you're like, this guy's an amazing player. But 20 years from now, people that never seen him play are going to look at it and be like, wow, he doesn't have anything to show for it compared to a Westbrook or a Chris Paul or a this and a that. So I really hope Dame ends up in a better situation because I just don't want to see him selfishly go through that rebuild process. Yeah, I think it's time for him to move on. But it's really up to him, you know. It's what makes him happy. They clear up some cap space to bring in another high-salary guy. But the thing is, who is that high-salary guy that will be available in this offseason and will be willing to come to Portland? I mean, Zach Levine is going to be agent, but he's not looking to sign with the Blazers, you know. So what player could they actually get with that cap space? That's going to be interesting to see. There are some Portland Trailblazer fans that think Nurkic looks like it looks like Nurkic will be there, and Nurkic and Dame have a great relationship. They're gonna, you know, try and re- retool around those two. But besides that, there's no reasonable take to think that Dame should stay or will stay. And yeah, it's a total rebuild. I know they're calling it a retool because obviously they want to keep Dame, and Dame puts fans in the seats. You know, he's been a Blazer his whole career. They love him there. And people will pay to come see Dane play. But I don't know, man. It just seems like it's time for Dane to help a contender. And it's time for the Blazers to move on and rebuild. Right. And and it's unfortunate because, like I said, I really want to see him in a situation where we can see him on the biggest stage possible. Because that's the type of play. He's, he's big time. It's Dane time. Um, but the, oh, I just want to ask this question for those listening. They see that Instagram live and they say, Dane, he says, Braun, make that call. Braun can make that call, but I still don't think that trade is able to get done this season. There's just, who do you trade for Damian Lillard that Portland's like, you know what, that's the best package, a Horton Tucker and a Westbrook? Like, I just, I don't see that happening. No, I don't think there's a team that'll take on Russell Westbrook's contract right now. And Taylor Horton Tucker has had a disappointing season so far. So, no, I don't see that happening. I don't know how it can happen. And I don't know how many moves the Lakers are going to be able to make. They're kind of restricted right now with the, with the assets that they have, they don't have that many young assets. They're not going to move off Malik Monk because he's playing great for them and they, they need him. Yep. Um, does the team really believe in Taylor Horton Tucker? I think there's probably less teams that believe in him now, even though I think he could probably be a pretty good player in the NBA, but he has had a disappointing season and no, I don't see that trade happening. Right. I 100% agree, Combo. Those have been the biggest moves. I know certain people are waiting for for other moves to happen and come to fruition, but I guess we'll just have to play it by ear and wait until we see the, the Woj bomb, huh? Yeah, we got to wait for uh, Woj, Texas. It's funny when Woj is on ESPN, 
before they even <laughs> veer the camera away, he's back on his phone. You ever notice that? Yeah. Like, right when he's done speaking, he's back on the phone. I wonder what, what was your screen time is like. Yeah, he. that's probably a little disturbing, I would assume. But you have to understand, it's it a got, business. It's got to be like, it got to be 16 hours screen time at least. Really? Probably every waking hour. We should put I, up a poll. That'd be a great question. What was your screen time? We should do that. We should. I might do that today. <laughs> that's like, I never thought about that because that's such a, like that's a part of his. That's a huge part of his job is just tweeting out those yeah. these breaking stories. But combo, it's our favorite time of the show, our moment of the week. I believe I went first last week, so uh, the floor is yours, my man. Let's go with. winning last night i like that i like their ball movement i like the way they played i know we talked about this already but that's my moment of the week let's see if we could build off it i like it combo just sticking to the fundamentals of the podcast i like it you got to you got to uh my moment of the week is selfishly as a fan seeing Lamelo ball and jamonte murray become all-stars because those are some of my favorite point guards murray doesn't get talked about or seen a lot just because san antonio doesn't get talked about a lot it's not a flashy and sexy team we know san antonio through the years even through their success have been labeled kind of boring and it's not just something you click on the tv when you get somebody like a like the teams like the golden states and the brooklyn's but I love watching him play. I think he's one of the most underrated and undervalued players in the league. So being able to see him on the big stage um, in the All-Star game, and obviously LaMelo is showtime, culture changing, and one of the best young players. So just being able to see them in the All-Star game, to me, um, was my moment of the week. Great moment of the week. I like both those young players a lot, and it's going to be an exciting All-Star game. I kind of want to see that um, rookie game where they're going to play with the Elam ending. It's going to be like a pickup game. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. And you got the, you got the overtime. You got not, sorry, not the overtime, the um, G league ignite players playing. Yeah. So that's going to be, that's going to be really interesting as well. It's always fun when they switch it up. And I almost did in the moment of the week as they renamed the, like the all-star MVP award to the Kobe Bryant award. And they have that trophy that they came out with is just unbelievable. And how it just like really represents Kobe's career through the trophy. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I love that. Rest in peace, Kobe. Yes, sir. Combo, this is your famous outro time. So unless you have anything else, the floor is yours. You know you can find Max on Instagram at Max underscore Van underscore Auken. That's M-A-X underscore V-A-N underscore A-U-K-E-N. Don't forget to subscribe to the MVP podcast. You can catch Combo on Instagram at one two combo That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. You could also catch Combo on Twitter at Combo's Court, same name as the podcast, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Believe in Magic podcast, the MVP podcast, and also Combo's Court Max. It was great talking magic, basketball, and more with you as always. Can't wait to do it again soon. You just get better and better, Combo. Until next time, my man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.